0: motivated get educated get growing your property empire with the how-to property podcast with your host ryan luke uh welcome back to the podcast everyone uh today i have my clubhouse best buddy julie george with me all the way from australia so um, buddy, am
1: i your favorite clubhouse
0: yeah Sister sister from another country and all that. So, um, yeah, no, uh, absolutely uh, thrilled to have Julie on. If anyone hasn't heard Julie speak on Clubhouse or heard her story, then listen up for the next 30, 45 minutes, however long we're here. Um, It is a fantastic story and a true inspiration for anybody wanting to get into the short-term rental space, Airbnb, service accommodation. It's got so many names now, this, this, this industry, hasn't it? Um, Just up. <laughs> yeah. I um, I sound like a frog because I've got a cold so I am going to let Julie do most of the talking um, if you do have any questions and you are watching live please feel free to ping them in the comments so Julie um, first of all thank you very much for joining me My
1: pleasure.
0: and um, <laughs> where should we start let's let's talk about I, I like to sort of let, let's go into a bit of story so where did it start for you and then we can kind of go from there because it's an amazing mm-hmm. journey
1: my favourite story to tell. Are you ready, folks? You just sip your water and chill out and uh, I'm going to take over your podcast here. So uh, look, guys, thanks for for tuning in. Um, I'm super pumped about actually getting on this show because I have watched a lot of Ryan's uh, interviews and I have been taking notes and I just, uh, yeah, it's, it's super cool, I guess. And one of the, things that I just want to point out straight away is that when I first started, I'm going to tell you my success story, but when I first started, there was no body offering coaching, mentoring, education. So anybody who's tuning in right now, I hope to inspire, but I'm also going to say how lucky are you that you've got people like Ryan Luke who can help you fast track your success right. in the short-term rental industry. So for me, look let's take it back to the beginning uh i was working in real estate i was a real estate agent and i was working in a flat market so i live in cairns queensland australia so i am right off the great barrier reef and it's a beautiful place to live but however it is it's been crap the market has been absolutely for 15 years hasn't moved it's been very average all my property investments that I've made, and I've, I started as a single mum. Uh, the Australian government gave a first home buyers grant back in 2001, I think it was. I was working part-time, single mum, decided I wanted a house, uh, went to a building seminar, managed to get finance, got, got the finance approved, built my first house, and at that time, the market was going up, so every year, I used the equity to buy another property and super cool. When I finally got to working in real estate in 2015, 2016, it was crap and I loved the idea of learning about real estate because it was my passion but, man, I was bored. I was sitting in open homes. I was was dealing with investors selling for a loss or looking to lease their properties long-term and to a crappy tenant and I... It was at that time that I had one of my own apartments become available. My long-term tenant moved out. Um, I was getting $240 a week or just under $1,000 a a month for our monthly uh, lease uh, people that put the numbers into perspective. And, look, I just decided to put some linen in. I decided to connect the Wi-Fi, put the power on in my name, take some photos and put a listing on this Airbnb. What the hell was Airbnb? What was the phenomenon about and what was all the fuss about? I soon found out within days I had my first booking, within weeks I had my first client and it was the best experience ever. It was at that time working in real estate where I had a property investor come to me saying I want a positive cash flow property. And I laughed, looked at her a little giggle and I said, they just don't exist. It's like asking me for a unicorn. But I said, but let's create one. Let's go out and find a property for you. Let's, let's buy a property. So we went out, we went shopping, we found a property. So cha-ching, income stream number one. Let's furnish it for you. You live interstate but I live here and after work I can go to Kmart, I can go to Target, I can get all the flat pack furniture and the Allen key and put them together. Crazy. Um, (laughs) But I'm going to charge you for it. So that was income stream number two. And then I said, and why don't we try and put it on Airbnb? Like I've had success with it with my own apartment. Let's try it with you and your apartment. And I said, and I'm going to manage it for you for a 25% commission And she agreed to it. So that was income stream number three and the very beginning of host my home and Airbnb property management. So let me just get this clear. Property management being the model that people are giving me fully furnished properties, I'm just managing the process and taking a commission. And it worked so well, Ryan, that six months later, this woman rang me and said, Jules, do it again. So I went and repeated that process for her. But that was the beginning. Over time, this business developed, In within two and a half years, I got to 130 properties, over $8 million in income on Airbnb. And to, to really give you the full 360, the full story, the first year after I hit the first million, I was so excited I wrote a book called Million Dollar Host. I should have waited until the second year I could have written a book called Multi-Million Dollar Host. Okay. Um, but uh, in 2019 I got a tap on the shoulder from from, from some big boys in the industry who wanted to buy my business. They wanted to come into my area. They just didn't want to come in as competition to me. They knew that I had the market pretty much a monopoly on the market, so they came in and made me an offer. It was too good to refuse. It meant that I could free up my time to be on Come on my out podcast. And uh, be on your podcast. Hooray. My dreams have come true. So there you go. There's my story.
0: Right. Amazing. <laughs> and, and that all happened in what sort of space of time from Julie's Within first apartment 20s. to, so to November, Yeah, November
1: 2019 was when I started. And it was July 2009. Sorry, November 2016, I started. July 2019, I sold my business. So it was really within, you know, less than a three-year period, two and a half years. Boom, massive scale, massive operation. And um, And
0: what, um, how long did you stay in your job for once you um, initially at Airbnb to to leaving your job? How long did that last? Look, Look,
1: I guess I went to my boss. I went to the boss. When I had saw that this opportunity could work for me and the property investor I pitched this idea and she wanted in straight away. I ran back to the office. I got the principal sitting down in front of me in the boardroom and I said, I've got an idea. We are going to introduce short-term rentals into the real estate business. We are going to revolutionise. We are going to diversify. And he looked at me. He sat there. He scoffed. He laughed at me like I said we were going to open a lemonade stand. So <laughs> do you know what I did? Here's my, re- my resignation. See you, buddy. I'm out the door. And within three months, I was making more money than him. I poached his staff, his best staff too. I knew who I was going to target. And, uh, and success is the best form of revenge. So, um, look, I, I must admit though, Ryan, when I did give him the, the heave ho, I'm out the door, I did have to go and still sell some real estate probably for another, I think it was about six to eight weeks, I actually went out on my own. Just so I can make some money, because yeah. you're not going to make money initially when you start this business. You need to be able to have a bit of a buffer. Yeah, um, sure. But it wasn't too long. It was probably, I would say, I didn't start making or replacing my income probably for three months. Is probably when when I started to to make enough money that I could have that I really should have waited. But uh, you
0: know, imagine if he'd um, imagine if he'd gone. That is an amazing idea. Sit down and let's go through the logistics of all this. How we're we going to do it? We've got yes. this database and this book full of landlords. Let's start prospecting them. You know, and you know, could be could be just sat in the office still ringing landlords. Gone. Got this great service that we offer at XYZ I Company. Mean, no.
1: We could have fast tracked it. It could have boomed even bigger. But um, the funny part was my, when I sold my business. So sold it, two thousand and nineteen. The press picked up on it, media coverage everywhere. Oh, my goodness, this woman's written a best-selling book. She's sold her business in the short-term rental industry. And the, the media exaggerated the sale prices. It's, it's the one thing I actually can't disclose is the sale price, but the media sort of blew it up to millions of dollars. And uh, guess who sent me a message asking for money on that very same day that that newspaper article came out? I was like... Are you kidding me? This guy, like I said, I sent a message back saying, "Not even my scum sucking relatives have been so bold." So, um, anyway, uh, but that's
0: That's amazing that like someone would. And and this comes down to you know because in our industry over here, um, you know, getting investment money is is a big lever for moving forward. You know, and mm-hmm. as you scale on mass, like I always say, it doesn't matter how much money you've got, you will run out of money investing in property. So you know tie up with people jv with people but you know to have the front to ask someone for money you've got to build you know you've got to know them you've got to like each other you've got to trust each other you know i mean and you see it all the time and you know anyone that's listening or watching if you need money to get going do not like just chuck a post on facebook and be like hey anyone you know i've got this amazing investment give me 100 grand when no one knows who you are you know, it's um, you've got to that—that that is a relationship-building process, and it's not going to happen overnight. But um, you know, that—that that, that's just—I mean, yeah, I mean, in, in all fairness, kudos for being so bold. You know, you don't ask, you don't get. I guess you know, and maybe I would have
1: turned around and gone, yeah, I feel sorry for you. Let me give you some money, but uh, but <clears throat> no, so yeah. that, that didn't happen. And uh, and you know, I just yeah, I look back now, and I guess anybody who's listening in on us right now, I guess the moral of all of this story is you're going to have a lot of naysayers, you're going to have a lot of resistance when you first start a business like this because it's new, it's unique, it's out of the box. It's something that a lot of people will look at you and go, what, why don't you go get a job? Actually, I saw a quote the other day and it said a lot, uh, what does it say, Um, employees are always worried about losing their job entrepreneurs are always worried about having to get a job. It's all in the perspective. So it's, uh, you know, I guess don't worry about the naysayers. Just shake it off. Uh, As Taylor Swift says, shake it off. Uh, No, we're not going to sing tonight. (laughs) Um, But, but guys, you know, just keep going. Keep forging forward with your dreams and dream really big. That's the other thing is that don't have your blinkers on. Uh, Don't limit yourself because I see a lot of people that go, Oh, I can't wait! Oh, I'm, I'm hoping I'll earn earn a hundred thousand dollars this year. Well, guess what? If you set that limit, that's all you're going. To, that's all you will earn. But if you think big, think global, think millions, it will happen.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. And coming back onto a point you raised there about you know change and uh, people think you're mad, and um, we do get this a lot as we go out to try and you know acquire you know, rental arbitrage, as it's called there, rent to rent over here, Um, even managed contracts, you know, when we're trying to persuade, you know, we're hitting a a bit of a stumbling block um, quite regularly in Dubai right now, because what we're doing over there is a bit out of the norm, you know, so people are like, what do you mean, you know, and um, how did you overcome that with a, uh, what would be your best advice for someone starting new in like saying, okay, well, I'm going to explain this change to you and I'm going to make you realize that this is a much better way forward for you.
1: Yeah, it's really about educating it's educating the public and it's um I think it's very important right when you start to have the confidence in yourself that you are the expert in this. You you are the short-term rental expert, the arbitrage, the lease to lease, the short uh, the the service to accommodation expert whatever whatever brand that you want to uh, build for yourself and whether it's whether it's like, you know, Miss self-promotion here who talks about million-dollar host um, or it's your business as a brand, being the expert business in the area for short-term rentals. I think one of the, the very keys to my success was actually building that brand very quickly and putting out, I actually wrote quite a few monthly articles for a glossy real estate Property Investment Magazine, and it was simply a full-page article talking about short-term rentals. It wasn't pitching my services. It was just giving value, and it was all about, uh, you know, one of them was about the top 10 tips of listing your property on Airbnb. The next one was the top 10 performing properties in the area, uh, which you could get from AirDNA. And um, so it was, just, it was actually just a generalised article but, of course, right next to it I had a full-page ad. So basically what I was trying to do was educate the community, open their eyes up to what the possibilities were with earning potential, how it all works, uh, reassurance about the reciprocal review system on Airbnb. Um, and, and then right next to it was a nice little article saying, hey, if you're too busy for this or you don't have the skill set, talk to the professionals. Now, we didn't get a lot of inquiries immediately, but what it started to do was that over time, it started getting into people's subconscious that if I want to list my property on Airbnb, I'm going to go talk to Julie George, because she is the local expert in the area. So I would say to people, anybody who's just tuning in now, and you're at that stumbling block of, oh my goodness, how do I get started? How do I get my first property? Where am I going to find my clients? establish yourself as being the expert, tell everybody what you're doing. I want you to wear your name badge, pride of place to the grocery store to get your groceries. Um, I want you to tell everyone on social media, every family barbecue or dinner you go to, talk about what you're doing. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it is hard to really promote yourself, to talk about yourself and to be confident but once you get over that, once you get a really good elevator pitch and you can sum it up in sixty seconds who you are, what you're doing, I promise you, yeah. the the new business will start chasing you. You won't need to chase it.
0: Yeah, I think you know it's it, it always strikes me as odd. And I and I'll say this: like when when a landlord says, "Yeah, I don't want to do that. I've decided to take a tenant on instead." I, I am like, I am like, sorry, like, I'm genuinely <laughs> shocked. Um, and especially if it's on a managed agreement, because that means their uplift is actually greater. So, uh, you know, I'm just like, why? But for some of them, they're like, they're so fixated on, I get 12,000 a year. And it's like, well, actually you don't because you, you've you got a month void. So you're 12,000 a year is already, you've lost a month, you know? So you're down to 11,000, you know? And then, and they just, and a, but there's so many success stories of how this industry works, you know, which for me is you know if you tell enough people about it like we've got uh i took on a new guest handler several months ago and obviously she sees the bookings come in and she's commissioned to go and find direct bookings and like after about three weeks she's like um me and my husband have got a couple of properties is there any (laughs) chance that you know so it's like you you know as you say just tell everybody and then when they do truly understand how powerful it is their eyes are like changed forever it's like a drug you know like i mean we were the same we had both similar stories first property really just taking a punt went and furnished them took some photographs and then got these like thousands of bookings quite quickly and you were hooked that was it game over you're like right this is this is the business so then it's like how do you scale it how do you develop it and um and go from there so how
1: I, um I, I remember sorry i'm just thinking the the weirdest. property that I picked up was when I had this phone call. It was about 10.30 at night. It was a noise complaint from a neighbor of one of the properties that I managed. He was irate. He was cranky. There's another party going on at this property. And it was a multi-million dollar waterfront property, you know, really flash. And uh, this is ridiculous. I'm a solicitor and I need sleep. And anyway, he's carrying on and the the end result was I handled that conversation so well. I put a stop to that party immediately. I contacted him back to reassure him, gave him, you know, make sure he had all my phone numbers, all the details. He rings me the next day and says, We're moving, but we don't know what to do with our property. Would you take our property on? And I was like, Are you serious? You've run me to complain. And I've now picked up a new property because of the way I handled it. Yeah. What the- <laughs> no,
0: no, I know turn a bad situation into a good situation yeah. so but it, it's true and i mean like you know i like now i'm fully now the world's opening back up again my my initial plan in january was to invest you know a bit of a mix this year but as we're kind of opening back up and as i'm seeing the patterns change i am just going back into kind of like building for service accommodation you know blocks of stuff works well for me mm-hmm. and um you know and i continue to push and how did you? Um, what would you say your scale and success was was based on? How, how did you? How did you go from? Because a lot of people do get stuck, and I, I I was there. You know, I was trying to do it all myself, and this and that. And then I released that and and scaled. Um, but a lot of people do tend to get stuck around the five or ten property mark, and just don't ever mm-hmm. seem to move out of that. Um, yeah, what do you think? Like- um, what do you think attributed to your success and your scaling mm-hmm. quickly?
1: I see exactly the same thing, Ryan. I I see people get to maybe that 10 property mark where they have taken on everything themselves and they have created a job for them, a J-O-B, but not a business. They have just replaced their income. The secret to turning it into a business and a scalable business that you can work on, not in, is is really about the framework and it's about the operations, the organisation, like the, the systems, the policies, the procedures, your team. You know, you have to have a really good team underneath you. You can't do this all on your own. It's about delegating and I, I totally get what you're saying. Until you release and, and trust in others that they and employ people that are more skilled than you are, like I, my turning point was when I got I I was doing everything right from the beginning. And I remember making 17 beds in one day. And at the end of that day, I was like, what the hell am I doing this business for? This sucks. And I made a decision that night. I said, I am either going to pack it in and go and get another job, like get a job and not have to worry about this 24-7 stressful, crappy business, or I'm going to put some structure in actually get the policies, like actually get the systems out of my head because we've all got it in there, put it down in black and white on paper, have it as a system that I can give to somebody, they can follow it, they can follow the direction and they can do it for me. That was the turning point and that's the secret to the success of them being able to scale up. And yeah. I think a lot of people struggle with that.
0: Yeah, no, I was I was very, very similar. I, um, I hit burnout point, I, you know. Mm. Um, and it was just like that, that, that moment of, I either get rid of this because what I've, what I've built, I became to hate, you know, I was just like, this is not what I wanted. You know, I I thought, I thought property was passive and, you know, and all this. and, And then, but then I thought, you know, I thought like, but I am, I have got something here. So, you know, how can I, how can I grow it without having to get involved in it more? And that was when you realized okay, you've got to lose the entrepreneur ego. If you want to yeah. scale big, you've got to be able to trust other people to make the right decisions. They may make wrong decisions, and you've got to accept that as well. But, you know, you give them that freedom to be able to, to go out there and try. And nine times out of ten, you'll be very surprised uh, in a good way at what they actually produce. And then you just sit back and, and work on the business. And, um, again, that, that was a key turning point for me as well.
1: I think if you can empower your team, offer them a – like I was always doing um, profit share, so I would give them a commission no matter who they were. It was always, look, you know, if if you're me in money, I'm going to split the profits with you. And I, I empowered my team so much that they were so loyal, they worked so hard, they had such pride in their business, and it got to the point – and I, I think a lot of people – they they see that I got 130 properties in the portfolio by the time you know at the peak. And a lot of people say to me, How did you handle that? You had four to five hundred guests per night staying in one of your properties. How did you handle the workload? I've got to say it was easier at 130 properties than it was at 25 to 30 properties. And it was because of those systems, it was because of the yeah. team. And it got to the point where I used to I had an office, so I had a, a storefront office. And I used to walk into that office in that last 12 months that I owned the business, the girls would look at me and go, what are you doing here? Don't touch anything. And Get out. They just didn't trust me. But I was only in there maybe 10 hours a week at the most. And the only reason I was in there for 10 hours a week is I couldn't give up the, the money handling. I still love I still, I love counting the cash. I love watching the transaction histories come in, looking at the money, making sure it all added up, uh, paying the staff, paying the owners. That was my jam. Like I really, I couldn't, that was the one thing I couldn't delegate and I couldn't trust others with. But if you can trust others to do that, you can sit back, chill out, and, uh, well, Ryan, you're doing it right. Well, sorry, you're not sitting back and relaxing. You're providing (laughs) your seat. But you... Your situation with Dubai—you mm. can't physically be there. So yeah. I think you know because of your systems and your team, it's still running. It's still running like clockwork.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't even the UK business, which is obviously a lot larger than Dubai. I don't, I don't get involved in the operations really at all. You know, and mm. um, and you know, it sometimes it sometimes, and, and this is one of the things I have to overcome is when an owner sort of reaches out to me for the first time because they passed my number or whatever. And I sort of say, Oh, I'm going to put you on my team. I almost feel bad because it's like, it's not a fob off. It's just, but that is the process of how the business works. And I think you have to understand that for businesses to grow, you have to have the processes, you know? So they've got to be able to, you know, go on to somebody else and speak to another person's team because that's their job role, you know, and that's what they're employed to do. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really get involved at all in the operations now. Um, you know, I, very much like yourself, I have a look at the, you know, the, the numbers on a Monday. I get all my, my sheets come through to me, and um, I have a look at them. I have a look at um, I have various meetings with the team members in the different departments each week, and that's that's about it. And then I've got full trust that they are managing guests, driving bookings, sorting cleans out, all that sort of stuff, without the need to let me know if we've had a bad party or if we've like not done this wrong or if we, you know, I, I I firmly trust them to do that. And that's allowed me to, um, find more properties, but not by me going out searching for them either. Cause I don't do that anymore, but by just <laughs> building, building better connections, getting more out there, building brand awareness, you know, looking more at the marketing side of the business, building the relationships with the joint venture partners, all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And, um, and that in itself, as you said, it's just getting your brand name out there. But like your advert, advert in the magazine, people then know, okay, well, he does this. His business does this. And then mm-hmm. when they need that or they're intrigued by that, they put their hand up and say, hey, can I know a bit more about that, please? You know, um,
1: it's, guess, uh, You know, the one thing that um, intrigues a lot of people is that, You know, we've got, especially Clubhouse at the moment, where we've all connected, we're all addicted, we're all clubaholics, but a lot of people say to us, well, if you are all running these successful businesses, you know, there's a whole bunch of us that we've all connected, how can you be on Clubhouse all the time? How can you be doing these podcasts all the time? What Like we all seem to have a lot of free time on our hands, but I think it's the same situation. No matter what business model, and there's a ton of different business models, you know, you've gone in a completely different way, you know, you've built your business in the short-term rental industry, completely different to how I've done it, completely different to how a lot of our, our colleagues have done it. But the one thing that we've all got in common is we've all put systems in place, we've all got a very good team that we trust, and uh, and I think, you know, we've put that foundation and that framework in Right from the beginning, it's a scalable business that we can all work on, not in, no matter what. Yeah. So it's um, the common the thing. You,
0: you, you hear that. I, I get this all the time. Well, not all the time, but you hear it quite often is, if you're, if you're making so much money from your property business, mm-hmm. why do you do coaching? Um, or mm-hmm. if you make so much money from your property business, how have you got time to be on Clubhouse? Now, that comes from, that's actually quite an ignorant comment from someone who doesn't understand mm-hmm. how to run a proper business because to scale a proper business, you have to come out of the business. Yeah. That is the fundamental key to scaling a business. Like okay. You know, Steve Jobs, Jeff Bezos, I guarantee you they have not, well, poor Steve Jobs isn't with us anymore, but Jeff Bezos, you know, he's just retired from Amazon. You know, he, he retired from Amazon probably 15 years ago, you know. Yeah. I guarantee you he's not packed boxes for quite some time and he's definitely not, you know, been in a lot of the meetings. So, you know, he worked himself out of the business. And that then allows you to have the free time to be able to give back mm. which is what we do with the coaching you know and uh you know there's nothing more you know powerful than me i oh, just see. got a text of my my plumber who um I was my first ever student he texted me the other night saying um when these four properties complete i will be a property millionaire so oh, you know, that's you know. In, and that's that's like in less than 18 months you know in less than 18 months he has created that from knowing nothing from sitting down in the coffee shop you know so that is like so satisfying to me than someone paying me 20 grand or 30 grand, mm-hmm. you know? And and that's kind of another reason why we, we do that side of it and why we've got time to hang out on clubhouse because like hanging out on clubhouse for me is not, it's not hanging out on clubhouse. I'm not wasting my time doing that. It is networking with the likes of yourself, getting new ideas for my business, potentially yeah. meeting joint venture partners, you know, offering advice to people that want to be inspired and want to move forward with their journey, mm-hmm. you know? So, it's actually part of the brand and business marketing that I've put in place for this year since that app was launched. So instead yeah. of maybe doing as much podcasting or as much live streams, I've now decided to allocate my time towards that platform as a brand building. You know, So I think – but at the same time, I, um, I understand why people will say that as a comment because mm. until you start building a business and hit that wall – You probably don't really, like, you hear it all the time, work on your business, not in your business. Mm. But you're like, what does that actually mean? mean? And then you
1: get to that point. Yeah, if you're not working 100 hours a week, how can, like, they just don't believe that you must be as, they probably think that we're all full of it, you know, that we're not as really as successful as we we make out to be. But it is the common denominator with all of us that, you know, we've all hit these, like, million-dollar-plus incomes and uh, it's because we've, we've put in place a framework and we've, been, we've trusted our team to step back and to, you know, let, yeah. it, let people, and I think the thing is you've got to surround yourself with people that enhance you and your life and you've got to recognise in yourself your weaknesses and hire people that are better than you. And don't, a lot of people get really worried that that's going to make them look bad no, it's the opposite. It's going to make you look freaking awesome because you've suddenly got somebody who knows about money in the accounting role, somebody who's a great cleaner in the cleaning role. Like it will boost your business. So um, I think you've just got to get out of your own way sometimes.
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, even just like my, my mindset changed, even just talking with yourself about how you did your business. So you're yeah. like, you were managed only. Like, so yeah. I, I do rented and I do owned. You're managed yeah. only, sold out for a lot of money. So that, like, my frame, my, my mind, I was like, okay, well, what if I just went hell for leather at this and built, like, the managed side of the business up, like, you know, over whatever, over the next three years, and then just, you know, maybe go and tap on someone else's shoulder and say, would you like to buy this? You know, but then, because I see long-term, I see there's probably more money in property actually lending money to developers, rather than actually getting involved in the asset purchasing. Um, so I think there's a business model in that. So I, my my, my goals have shifted slightly. So I'm now thinking, okay, well, if I can build a managed business up over the next three years and then flog it and then have a look, because, you, you know, you'll be able to echo, and I know we've talked about this before, but when you get a windfall, it's, it's all nice. But at the same time, you're like, well, I've got a fair bit of time left on this planet. I need to make that money work for me, you know? So it's not just all like sit back, kick back. You've got to then get that money into play again and you've got to mm-hmm. then make it make it sweat. And yeah, you buy the nice things and that and this and that and the mm-hmm. other. But the, the majority of your money, you're not just gonna have in a bank sat doing nothing. You know, mm-hmm. you've got to get that working again. So you've I think you've got to always be moving your kind of your plans. Yeah. And my goal moved just from talking to you on that that front, yes, my no. my mindset changed slightly around my managed business. Cause I was That's always cool. like, I'm just gonna keep everything forever, then I'll give it the boys and then mm-hmm. they can, you know, they can go off and and, and take it on which is great for the assets and stuff but you know so now i'm thinking it in different silos my rented business my managed business my own business and then what can we do with that so that's why we spend time networking with higher people people that are ahead of you and i'm a big believer in that and that's why i always have a mentor who's much further ahead than me you know my mm-hmm. current mentor is an eight-figure business owner yeah. well i want to get to eight figures so that's why i'm wanting to pay for his service pay for his advice pay for his help, you know, and it's not just him, it's his team that I get. So, you know, and and, and that's that's what I think you should always be doing. So, um,
1: you know, a lot of people don't even realise that they are building a saleable asset. They get into the short-term rental industry as a business because it's a great cash flow. It's replacing the income. But for every property you take on, whether it is the serviced accommodation, whether it is the property management model, whatever it is, as long as you've got the right paperwork and you have the right contracts in place, that is building the the value of your business. And the beauty of it is I see looking into my crystal ball, especially before COVID, I could see this happening super fast around the world, the big players in the industry snapping up all the smaller short-term rental businesses. Even to the point now, if anybody goes onto vacasa.com, V-A-C-A-S-A, vacasa.com, big player in the market, short-term rental um, business, Picasa, they have got a page on their website saying, do you want to sell your business to us? And they are taking inquiries straight away. Do you want to sell your business to us? Like what? So guys and girls out there, if you're tuning in right now, you've got one property, you've got two properties, you've got 10 properties. Let me tell you that at some stage, probably when you get to about 20 properties plus, you will also get that tap on the shoulder. So be prepared and have an exit plan or a strategy in place. What happens if someone comes and offers a big fat check? What are you going to do? And and really think about that because if you do sell out, what are you going to do next? Because it's exactly right, Ryan, like you've got to have a plan in place. My plan was I wanted to free up time to promote this baby, get out there on the world stage doing public speaking, and I actually reinvested all the money from my sales back into property. So mm. uh, so it was um, – so I did exactly that. But I think a lot of people get lured by this big check and then they find themselves suddenly unemployed, no business. Uh, but really think about it, guys and girls, and you know and know that you are building this saleable asset. I think it's, it's probably
0: harder for property people who get a windfall check because most – Businesses who get a windfall check then go and invest it into property because that's like the safest environment and gives you an ROI on your money and all that sort of stuff. But we're like, because that was always my mindset. I was like, well, if I've got a property business and I sell a property business, well, I probably just want to start another property business. So what's the point in selling the business? You know, so it was kind of this like thing going on in my head. Um, but you know, as you say, after networking and you just like hear how other people's done their journeys and stuff, you start to, like compartmentalize it and think, okay, well, I can maybe just sell a bit of it off yeah. and then I can use that to do that. And as you say, you've always got this exit, but I think as long as we live, we're probably going to be involved in property. You know, once you, once oh, you're in there and you're hooked in it, somewhere you're way you're going cool. to be involved in it uh, because it's a great asset class. It's been around for, you know, donkeys years and it continues yeah. to perform. It's just how you, how you put your spin on it. And I think that brings you into mm-hmm. kind of, you know, the, the, the holiday rental game It is amazing how, The word Airbnb or short-term rentals can be operated in so many different ways. You know, not one of us have got the same business. Not one of us. uh, and,
1: And I think that's the other important thing to note that anybody who's listening to us right now, you don't have to follow the exact way that I've done it, the way that Ryan's done it. You put your own spin on it and, you know, it was uh, I I told the story on Clubhouse last night that I was meeting one-on-one with a young lady. She'd just had babies, twin babies. She was a teacher. She was an educator. We're doing a Zoom call, doing a consult. She was so excited. She was just like, Julie, I want to do exactly what you've done. I want to replicate your success. I want to start a property management business. And I looked at her with these two little babies and I thought, Twenty four seven business? No, you don't. You do not want to do what I just did. And uh, she said, "What?" And um, I said, "You're an educator. You've got babies. You've got Zoom. You should be a consultant. You should be an educator in this space." And when we started talking about her skill set mixed in with what was needed in the short term rental industry, light bulbs are going off. And she was like, "Oh my gosh, you've opened up my eyes." And I think you just need to take those blinkers off and you don't have to do the same as everybody else and differentiate yourself but so many opportunities
0: oh, so many and it's only going to get bigger i mean we've you know my i obviously my dad lives in spain i speak to him quite a lot and he's like you know i was like you know just remember like if you, if your business survived through covid it's going to like <laughs> thrive when when covid's not there you know so Anybody that has managed to weave themselves to COVID, especially in the UK, because we've probably had it the worst, I think, in terms of shutdowns, yeah. um, you know, if you've managed to get your business through COVID, then you're in for a good ride for the next however however long you want to be in it, I think. so. I agree.
1: Uh, well, it was only on Clubhouse yesterday that we were talking about the future of the industry, and every single one of the experts on the panel all absolutely agreed that there is a travel boom coming it is going to be like the roaring 20s with the dresses and the parties going on because we're all desperate to connect with each other. I mean, I've never actually been over to the UK before, but you betcha that is one of the first places that I am going to come because you're buying the drinks when I get there, right? And uh, no, no, I'm come to Australia. I would much prefer to come to Australia. All right, we can come here and we'll do a, we should do a world trip, I reckon. We should just <laughs> pick up everybody on the way and do like a pub crawl around the world. But uh, but uh, look, it's going to boom so i think the best time to do get your education in now do your courses now learn as much as you can read some good books hint hint um and uh shameless plugging uh but but set yourself up now get your business sorted now because when the travel resumes it's going to resume in a huge way and it's going to short-term rentals are going to far outperform hotels in the recovery period people are going to want to stay in short-term rentals way more than they're going to want to stay in a cramped hotel so um so guys the future is looking super bright
0: 100 percent, and i think that is a great point to finish up on so uh as always with my guests um i like to connect the world so how can people find you um you know what's the easiest way apart from obviously getting on clubhouse and giving you a little follow (laughs)
1: I'm there all the time. But look, uh, just if you get onto so any social media, look up Julie George, Million Dollar Host. Uh, but um, my website, milliondollarhost.com.au, uh, the book is for sale on all leading online bookstores, Amazon, uh, yeah, all the Barnes yeah. and Noble, all those ones. But, um, but guys, please don't be afraid to connect. I love getting in touch with people. I love making uh, connections, and I love hearing your success stories out there as well. Tell me, tell me about what you're up to. I uh, I love it.
0: Thanks, Julie. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for having me.